Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, before I get started, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast. I have been doing my best to improve the quality of said podcast since I have been recording it on a my on essentially like an away setup, like what I would do if I was like on vacation and wanted to drop a podcast. Um, instead of on my um other machine on my um microphone because that microphone is old and needs to get replaced, but I'm awful lazy and don't want to spend that money before I figure out what to do about my taxes because yo, don't be an adult. Don't don't like just try as hard as you can not to get in a place where the government asks you for money yearly. It it gets real it gets real paranoid real quick. Um but that said I want to talk about um, something that I've talked about before in a Sunday episode, in a, in a Sunday edition. And actually, if you want a kind of pre-primer, I'm going to do one after the intro. But um, if you want a kind of pre-primer to this show, go listen to the Sunday edition called Localized. It's just called Lunchbox Sunday Edition Localized, like colon localized. And it will be... And it'll be right there, for, and you'll be able to find it and listen to it, because that's going to be, it's going to be unavoidable for this particular property. And that property is Card Capture Sakura. So for um anybody who doesn't read a whole lot of particularly shoujo manga or like um not necessarily shonen manga but like I want to call it shoujo manga for boys almost um I want to start this episode with a little history lesson about clamp which if you, you probably if you've been watching anime for long enough, you've probably um heard about Clamp. They are among other things credited with like inventing what people perceive as Yaoi hands. But if you don't know what Yaoi hands are, um a great example of it is um great example of Yaoi hands. Um 
actually what we're talking about, card capture chakra. It, like all the male characters have like not like we're not talking like slap building down big hands, but we're talking like bigger than normal hands, like but not like swollen, like normal hands just scaled up maybe like one point five times what they should be. And that's the reason the reason why they've been called Yowie hands is um they is a it's become a trademark of people who either draw Yowie based stuff or have drawn Yowie based art in the in the past. Um there's a the show from a couple um the show from a couple years ago that was like famously terrible it's um got a it the main the main character is a death character named uh, one of the main characters is a death character named Nicholas I forget the name of the show but it the like the there's this big tell in anime fandom of like oh this author may not have been ready to not draw Yaoi because that manga goes weirdly south and the show the actual show ended up sinking Monglo but the studio which really sucks. Um but they all have like all the male characters were like disturbingly pretty in the way that Yaoi characters are disturbingly pretty, even though the nightmare murder doctor and they all had like big fuck big fucking mitts. But, so Clamp was originally a collective of artists who drew everything from original stories to, um, straight up, to straight up fan fiction, and they, but they started in, like, drawing, um, fan fiction and, um, like, fan comics, and then they evolved into drawing things like XXholic, um, Tsubasa, and eventually, Card Capture Chakra. And Card Capture Chakra is probably what um, Magnite Rare is another clamp joint. Um, but Card Capture Chakra is probably the most well known for a bunch of reasons. First off, um, things like XXXHolic and um, Tsubasa and Magnite Rare all have all have this very clear interconnected universe. Um, I forget, um, I think they were called mochas, these, like, weird little fantasy animals that Clamp included one in each, in in every show. Um, the one in XXXHolic was, like, kind of infamously just a fucking drunk, which I always loved, but, um, they were basically interdimensional tele- they were basically interdimensional telephones. And like, if you want, like, if you as a clam character wanted to talk to, say, a Tsubasa character or a Magnite Rea character, you could talk to those characters through these weird little, like, stuffed plushy animal nightmare things. They almost functioned in the same way that the snail phones function in, um, in one piece, if that gives you a good idea. But the reason why, one of the reasons why 
Card Capture Soccer could get so big is it had it has very little permanent hooks in its story to like lash it on to lash it onto the rest of the clamp of verse, basically. And I think like the first time you encounter Mocha in Card Capture Soccer is fairly late in that series, like really pretty late in that show. And the other reason why Card Capture Chakra got super popular, and this is the reason why I told you at the opening of the episode to maybe go listen to um, the Sunday edition, um, the Sunday edition episode called Localize, which you can find in the podcast feed of whatever you listen to me right now. And I talk about more than just card captures in this, but card captures were kind of the inception of it. Because card captures is one of the great crimes of localization in America. What I mean by that is card captures is unquestionably a show made for, for, for the coming of age of young girls. It is like made entirely about and from the perspective of a kind of normal preteen like barely preteen girl in the beginning and it it aired in 1998 and and as a as a property you know that could have done a lot of good for you know young girls at the time it was it originally aired in America because it's like you have a badass what what is ultimately a pretty badass action hero who is, you know, the same age as you, a young girl. I've been watching through um, Static Shock. Does that make any? Uh, Static Shock is a um, comic book character who is co-owned. And part of the problem with Static Shock is that he's co-owned by a comic book company called by a company called Icon, which I think is mostly defunct except for owning Static Jock and a bunch of awesome other shit that we don't get. And um the comic com- in DC comics. And in the early two thousands it had this if you if you've seen it before, I encourage and you have access to um HBO Mac, I encourage you to go watch Static Jock because that thing goes hard fucking out of the gate. Like Episode five, they're into you stole this fucking beat from a street kid. We're coming for your, we're coming for your teeth, um, kind of thing. And one of the things that people, one of the things that people tend to forget about children is that they want to be able to see themselves as much as possible in the media that they. And, and this is true for everybody. It's why. Black Panther was so popular. It's why anytime there's like a and and mainstream media is still figuring it the fuck out. I don't know why it take why it's taking them so long, but anytime you get a character or a set of characters who direct who can who represent like a swath of people it becomes this, like, linchpin. And 
that happens with video game characters too. Um, and for and for a long time, you know, if you were a girl and you were into video games, it was pretty uncommon for you to be able to play as a female main character in a video game. If you even today, if you look at um, Diva, one of the reasons why Diva is so popular is because she's this like paragon of awesomeness to you know a league of Korean young women who don't want to be fucking beauty idols. They want to play games, eat Doritos, drink soda, and like veg out. And every so often, you know, um, Blizzard fucks itself, fucks itself sideways by like releasing a skin for Diva that glorifies being like a beauty queen. Everybody's like, no, fuck you. We don't care how pretty this idea is. That's not what she's about, and it's very clear that that's not what she's about. And if Cardcaptor Soccer had come out as it was intended to be seen, it would have been really, I think it would have been really successful, and it would have garnered a kind of success that was not super common for anybody and especially like kid w the, the block of kid wb it was in in the early 2000s late 90s was this block of like boys cartoons and if you could have made something that ran alongside those cartoons but for girls you could get those girl eyeballs like right up to that point and it would be fine I'm not saying that they wouldn't also watch, like, you know, Beast Wars or whatever the fuck. But, like, if you give somebody something to watch for them, they will. And that's part of the success of Sailor Moon. And that's why so many um, women my age now, for record, I'm 32, I'm in my 30s, are so attached to Sailor Moon because that was a show that was, like, for girls who were normal people and saying like look you can save the world you can you can you can kick ass and take names um a perfect example lauren from my best friend from college one of my best friends from college and the co-host of the uncanny herd podcast which you can hear every first and 15th of the month um where we talk about um marvel comics um but If you haven't heard, if you haven't listened to the um, localized thing, or this is one of your first times listening to the podcast, I'm talking about a big thing like Card Capture Sakura, and you're like, wait, you're talking like it didn't come out here though, and that's because Card Capture Sakura, Card Capture Sakura didn't really come out here. What came out here is Card Captures, just Card Captures, and it was a show that was so heavily localized and the episodes were like reordered. So Lee Shenron, the, um, like the male, like supporting one of the male main supporting cast members was introduced sooner and was, and like he, as soon as he showed up, it 
was really designed to feel like he was focused on more and like the show was more for people who would for kids who would identify with him not for a girl who had to deal with a shitty boy in her in her like eighth grade class or in her like fourth or like fifth grade class and it sucks which is really what like was really what like Lee's arc in the actual story is. Lee, Lee is the kid who doesn't get to be the chosen one, basically. And while that sucks for him, like this isn't the story isn't about him, and it. So it. Card Captor Sakura ends up being. Uh, like I said, coming-of-age story that captures this kind of... And and this is something I think is universal between, like, you know, um, girls, boys, whatever. Um, that captures this kind of, like, latchkey kid, uh, fourth and fifth grade lifestyle that you can... That is totally a real thing that happens for kids so um so you have an idea I when I was when I was in um when I was in grade when I was in like grade grade school like until fifth grade I was left to the I was like in a um daycare but eventually I got so I got old enough for that day like even by fifth grade I was kind of, I kind of aged out of that daycare scenario and was like, so it's a weird thing when you are of a certain age as a kid, I'm sure anybody who's older remembers this and anybody who's anybody, pretty much anybody who remembers this is like, you get to a certain age and, like, the adults don't know what to do with you because you're too old for, like, daycare or, like, a babysitter. But you're not old enough to be really independent. Like, you're not, like, 17 and can have a job and pay taxes. But you're also not really – um. You, you, no one needs to be looking after you and you can take care of yourself. So – it's one of the first times as a kid or as a person, you start spending a lot of time with your full sentient thoughts just by yourself and getting into some like odd mischief that just kids get into because you don't like sometimes you want to make some pizza pockets and you get some sparks out of fucking, I, I never did this for the record, and you get some sparks out of the microwave because there was some aluminum foil because you thought it would heat up better and you saved it just barely and you need a new microwave or you held a magnet to the TV because it made a rainbow color. That one I did do. Um, but long and short of it is, is that you don't really like you're not going to make any it's not like the chances that you're going to make a lot of, like, big, scary, actual nightmare mistakes 
it's not high. But when you're a kid and it's like your first time being left really to your own devices, if you make something that if you make what you know to be a mistake, like the bat, the like the bar feels high, like it feels like you're gonna get in trouble for maybe nuking something you shouldn't have, and exploded in the microwave, and now the microwave is like dripping fucking Swedish fish goo or something. I don't know. Um, I did not make a lot of microwave fuck ups, honestly, but. In the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, like, your your mom or dad might be like, hey, um, what'd you do to the microwave, bud? But it's not like, it's not like it's a fatal error, but it feels like that in, in the moment. And there's a great episode in, um, Carter Captures that captured this feeling kind of perfectly. And it's, I think it's episode four when... Um, so the, the premise of car captures, if you're not aware of it, is, um, a, te- a 10 year old, um, girl who's in, I believe, who, a 10 year old fourth grader, um, stumbled upon a mystery book containing a set of cards. And these cards are, these cards are ostensibly based on, um, on tarot cards, like they're the same size as tarot cards, which if you've ever seen tarot cards, you know they're not fucking playing cards. They're like two times as long and like like one and a half times the the width. It and they've got the big beautiful illustrations that mean shit on them. Um, and they're like that, but they all say like wood, jump, fly, water, ice, like all these different like. Element cards, um, there's a shadow card at some point, um, and a mirror card, a strength card, and she opens up the book and all the, and all the cards are released. And like, she's, so she's left with this open book, this fucking empty deck of cards, and then out of the book comes this like weird little adorable plushy lion thing because once again, this is a cl- this is still a clamp fucking show, and that means they know how to make like what. A- so one of the things that um, people tend to forget about anime, the anime was invented to sell kids toys. Well, not invented to sell kids toys, but it it grew up around the ability to sell kids toys. You know. Um, some of the first anime were produced alongside model kits for kids to go out and buy. Like, um, all the old giant robot shows from the 80s, um, including Gundam, especially fucking Gundam. Um, and Gundam kind of perfected it uh, in some way, shape, or form, but also what ends up happening is if you can, like, and also, if you've ever wondered why there's like, why in every season of Gundam there's at least three different variants of any of any of the main giant robots, the reason why is like that's another model kit. Like, oh, he's got new back armor. He's got a backpack. Fucking mold that thing in plastic and sell it to some idiots. 
Multi- <laughs> I'm not saying that you're an idiot if you're listening to this, Alan, but like, mold that thing in plastic and fucking start the advertising on Alan and he will fucking buy it from us. Because we're Bandai. Um, hi, Alan. But, um, basically, the. One of the reasons why Clamp stuff and one of the reasons ultimately why Sailor Moon were so successful is because they had these tangible things that could be recreated in the real world for people to go out and buy. So in, um, and the reason why I'm talking about this now is we come to the mascot character for, um, for Card Capture Sakura and that is Kiro or Kiro Bell, and he's this like stuffed animal looking thing, and he's the guardian of the Book of Clouds. And he, he he's supposed to be like this big badass lion, and eventually you do see that version of him, but he's presented as this like hilarious tiny stuffed animal that can fit in with all of other with all of Sakura's other stuffed animals, and often does to hide from her family. And what you find out about, and the other, the other thing about um, Cardcaptor Sakura, and one of the reasons why it is so, it feels at times so disconnected from the Clamp-averse, is it is a huge part of the Clamp-verse, and it is one of the, like, primary like actresses if not I don't know that much about the clamp first quite honestly I just know that it exists and it may be like the thing around all other around which all other clamp properties maybe rotate it may be the clamp versus sun and the reason why that is true is the person who made these cards was the great with the great wizard Clow Reeves and you eventually meet Cloud Reeves and does all of this. Eventually in Card Captors Sakura, you get to this point at which, like, Sakura's older brother's best friend is like a, like, magician, it's like a fucking magician in disguise or some nonsense. And it, 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 it starts. And this is something I think is really interesting and something I think that um, is comparable to the, like, age curve of something like Avatar The Last Airbender. It's the best, it's kind of the best way I can get it to be understood is that um, if you look at something like Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon is very clearly designed for an age, for like an age of viewer or reader. And it never, it doesn't really deviate from that age range so much. Um, a similar thing is actually probably perfect one-to-one fucking parallel is to that, to Sailor Moon at least, is um, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu, Yu Yu Hakusho is like, are you a fucking punk 17-year-old? We got a comic for you. Fucking, we're going to kick you in the dick and you're going to take this comic book off our hands. And it never, it never progresses, like, it never progresses past that except for, like, Omake stuff. And even then, 
like use K's adult life feels very similar to his teenage life, except now he has a ramen shop. Um, and, and, and hilariously, those two creators are actually married. So it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of parallels between, um, Sailor Moon and Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Namely in that, if you haven't noticed, all the female characters in, um, Yu Hakusho are basically female characters from shoujo shows like Car Captured Sakura and Sailor Moon, who are just sick of it. They're just sick of this shit, and they leave, and they're like, where could I be a badass? Oh, you mean the thing where they just, like, flip people the bird and curse each other? I'm going over there. Somebody give me a pack of cigarettes. I'll commit to this fucking weird-ass, slightly Bobby Flay-esque younger brother. Let's go. Um, but... The thing that Card Capture Soccer does really well is it feels like it ages along with the viewer. Like, it's, it, the show is aware that, like, you know, a 10 year old girl starts watching this show. And by the time it ends, she'll be a different age and you'll have taken her through this big story of, progressively more complicated, you know, melodrama and nonsense. And in addition, that gives this story, the Karkat Sakura story, hooks that you can go back to it as an older as an older fan and watch it again. And you can get not only the nostalgia factor, which is a huge deal, um, as we can all see by the fact that they make, we make it fucking Space Jam. Um, <laughs> but, um, you also, those hooks make more sense to you and they feel, they feel, they feel intentional. They feel adult in a way where Sakura was not the adult in the room, but she was still in the room because she had to be, even at the age of, like, 12 or 13 or something. And that's a very smart thing for a show to do, and it's a very, it's a very aware thing for a show to do. And it shows respect for the viewer beyond the time that they originally spend watching the show. Um... And it, and then it went off the air after 70 episodes. And it went back on the air as, um, I think, so the fir first time it was, um, aired was in, first time Card Captured Sakura was aired was in 1998. And then in 2000, and then in, um, 2018, there was a movie, and then in 2018, and I believe it's still going, I, I don't think it's ended yet, um, actually, it, it has finished, they aired a, um, card capture series called, um, Card Capture Sakura Clear Card. And the thing that was, like, stunning to everybody 
about this. But was uh, it was stunning to everybody who had no idea what they were walking into was that it was still very much the show of card capture, the like thing that everybody that like everybody canceled the um card the straight card capture adaptation over in friggin um on the Kid WB Saturday morning cartoon block it was on. And but the reason why they did that was because if you make this if you make if you pull the story apart too much it just doesn't it ended up having the like Digimon try weirdness and that Digimon try is like oh you guys love Digimon but you're 20s but you're in your 20s and 30s now what if we did this for you Digimon try and I'm not saying I don't like Digimon try I've and saying I've tried to watch, I've tried to watch Digimon Try and never really succeeded because I keep thinking about the old Digimon and be like, well, what if I watched old motherfucking Digimon, man? And they sidestep that entirely by making, by basically extending the show from where it ended with um, Clear Card. And now I know what you're wondering. What happened to the dump to the hot dumpster fire that was just straight up Kid WB card captured? The, the one with the theme song that I can feel in my bones that I'm struggling not to sing. Um, I it there was a letter writing campaign. This was back. This was back before like. You could like get a, get crafty and get an email on the internet as to like where you could do that. You could like yell at some fucking Disney at some fucking executive at a TV channel. And back in like, give you an idea when one of the reasons that Car Captured was on Kid WB the Kid WB block was because. We were in, we were in, we were in it. We were in the anime bubble and we were in the beginning of the anime bubble. I mean, like everybody was trying to get some shit on constantly to like get in on this like cool, hot new thing. And, but we were also still close enough to the nineties where like the nineties localization sensibility was a thing and like, you know, only boys watch Saturday morning cartoons, so we gotta fucking rewrite this shit so, like, we're basically following a really cute boy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a nightmare that they got so much hate mail that I'm pretty sure they only made it to, like, episode 11 before they, like, abruptly were... And, I mean, they got so much hate mail that you found out that I knew about the hate mail thing, like, in in the moment of it happening. And I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, I heard this thing was, like, localized within an inch of his life, but I didn't know it was this bad shit. Um, and back then, that was a huge deal, because the internet wasn't what it was, what wasn't what it is now, and, like, you couldn't pick up your phone as a kid and be like, oh, huh, 
I should probably turn this off. Not get invested in it. But the, after it got canceled, it like it had this brush with a licensing deal that went so bad, so stunningly bad that it like the way you had to watch it was basically for a long time either importing it or um I think the manga was entirely faithfully translated, but um in some form. Or like eventually I think DVDs did come out and then at some point Netflix just got the rights to the like the best localized version and just put it on Netflix. Just put it on fucking Netflix. It's like here you go, kids. Here you go, ladies. Do it. And that's why I started, that's why I ended up ultimately watching it, because it it was important to me that I see the real thing. It was important to me that I see the kind, that I actually see the kind of charm that was, that everybody railed against the, like, cheesy early early aught late nineties localization to defend. Because and and ultimately like you're still gonna be seeing the same visual. It's just the way they're framed by the dialogue mostly and by the episode order, that's also another thing. It makes it very clear, like, no, like card cap like card captors, the like kid WB joint with like for preteen boys, card captured Sakura and card captured Sakura clear card is for like young to preteen girls, like ten to like fifteen, and it don't get me wrong, I I will I I fucking absentmindedly saying like. Sword, thunder, power, wood. Like, like, I'm walking around my house singing, The secrets of the cloud. Like a fucking maniac. It gave me that dumbass song. The same way One Piece at some point gave us all the fucking One Piece pirate rap. But it, um, it doesn't, when I saw the like, when I really started watching Card Captured Sakura, it on on Netflix, which I'm pretty sure you can still find all seventy episodes. I think dubbed, I don't remember, on Netflix. Um, of just straight straight to the vein, no fuckery card captures. When I finally saw that, I was like, man, that really sucks. Some old white asshole is like, no, little girls won't watch this shit. Why would we? Why would we publish? Why would we put this out for a bunch of little girls? Little boys buy action figures, sell it to boys. I don't care how, and it. It speaks to the lack, and this, and I'm sure that stuff, that shit still fucking happens, because 
toxic, toxic masculinity and horseshit. But it speaks to the lack of, and lots of stuff. It's true. It's true about the same groups of people towards the same groups of kids in that time frame. You know, it speaks to the lack of imagination of who could find who of who would show up to watch a movie of who would you know shell out money to play a video game of who would you know all this stuff and if if you listen to like if you listen to young girls like girls who are my age talk about childhood and what was there for them. You'll notice there's a very specific set of things. And inevitably that set of things involves stuff that was oftentimes made definitely not for fucking them, but they got into it anyway. And it makes me really frustrated to think that like the stuff that was made for them was so fucked with because no one could live with it. No one could live, no one could live with the idea that you might make a Pokemon show where the main character is a girl. Like, what, let's all stop and think. What if we reverse the roles and the main character of Pokemon was Misty? Or, you know what, let's not even take it that far because Misty is very clearly a girl in hot pants. I get it. Let's say we just put boobs on Ash. Let's say we just put boobs on Ash. Make Misty make Misty a boy fisherman. Like fucking put her in over put put um like put Mister in overalls and fucking just pop some. Pop some mosquito bites on ash. This is the worst. I hate this. What changes that? Di- what changes that show? Ultimately, except for like an episode about a beauty contest, fucking nothing. It 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 doesn't change the content of the show. But the the reason why. Ash is the eternal 10-year-old of fucking Pokemon. Um, although I think they may have let him turn, like, 15 or some more shit. Um, <laughs> is he... If he's a he, and, you know, you can sell little little boys on fucking Pokemon. At, but they also have, if you notice, like, Ash always get. <laughs> Which is hilarious to think about as an adult because I always think like, so is Ash just banging chicks through the Pokemon world and like every time he breaks up with one, he leaves and goes to a different region to continue his Pokemon adventure and he just has this fucking cadre of ex-girlfriends who wonder why he never came back from like the, the shop. Um, but... Um, he, his, the support, they always have a female supporting character because they need to include, and often now they'll have a, they'll also have a supporting character 
who looks slash is a person of color. Looks like or slash is a person of color. Like, if you look at Brock, Brock just looks like a black dude. Also, Brock's, Brock's dad is a deadbeat, so he might be a black dude, and I can say that as a black dude whose dad is not around. Fuck. And that kind of all-inclusive for everyone feeling does still doesn't run through the general mythos of how you make a cartoon. I mean, you still see, you see it all over the place. You know, you see shows aimed, uh, that's what the term shonen and shoujo are about. It's like it's shows aimed at young girls, shows aimed at young boys, and this is why and this is how. And if you've noticed, for a long time, still, shonen, young boys action manga, gets all the super high budget, high, like, highly anticipated releases. And I'm not saying girls shouldn't watch this stuff or don't watch this stuff. They absolutely should. Like what you like. Fuck everybody who says otherwise. But... When you get something that is very clearly of a super high pedigree of craft and ability and made super well for a um, group aimed at a group that doesn't usually get spoken to like, you know, 10 year old girls, although there are tons of cartoons for 10 year old girls, but not necessarily cartoons like Card Capture, Sakura. Like, we as a fandom should, like, stop and as the fandom, as the fandom generation before mine um, said, like, no, fuck you, don't fuck with this. This is, this is important and should be treated as such because it is, specifically because it's Aiming at the people you don't aim at. And that's a um, lesson that it will most likely be fucking overlearned from um, Black Panther. That movie is so much about, like, black excellence and black pride that um, it's impossible not to see that in it. So, of course, black people want to see that in Drove because it's a black fucking superhero movie where he's not, like, an inner-city camp counselor or some shit. <laughs> where he's... And it's not that there's anything wrong with that. Where he is... He is, like, a black... He is a black king of a... Afri- of a, like, Afro-futurist... African kingdom, and he kicks ass. You know, like I said, um, I've been watching Static Shock, and fucking, so, like, episode five. Episode five is where they're like, hey, what if we tackled music-based intellectual property fucking theft? And we, like, we just, we're like, hey, a thing that happened is like punk kid, punk, you know, street kids come up with some sick beats and 
powerful music producers steal from them and give it to artists to rap over unknowingly and cause that beat to be like hundreds of thousands of like to make like millions of dollars off the back of work for not just no pay but like explicitly stolen property and then and then they took two episodes to like do something different and then episode eight they're like what if we just talked about racist dads what if we just made a thing about fucking racist fucking parents like just fucking put ourselves all the way out in the water like, didn't just go knee-deep, went fucking neck-deep in this nonsense, because this is the kind of cartoon we want to make. And it's... That, and the fact that that cartoon did that, um, uh, what's it called? Danik Knox did that, and you, like, I, as a 30-year-old, can watch it again you know, probably over, like, close to a dec, close to, if not over, a decade later, and see, like, this thing fucking went, this thing, this thing is still going for it, this thing is still relevant, is something that, um, card captors could have achieved if they just aired the fucking cartoon, like, just translated it, like, translated it, made it, like, normal English, and just fucking went for it. It would be such a different thing, and you would have... Card Captured would... And Card Captured does have a great fandom in America and around the world, but it would have this kind of fandom that Sailor Moon ended up having, because Sailor Moon did make localizations, like it... Um, it didn't name the main character Usagi originally. Um, it it did some heinous stuff around some transgender characters and some lesbian characters. But it, as much as whoever was in charge of it, um, including the author of Sailor Moon, who has a notorious vice grip on her own property because she's not a moron, did, was this beacon for girls was this beacon for teenage girls of all colors, of everything, and was such a big deal because it was, like, it was some kick-ass teenage girls, you know, going after the kinds of thing, going after villains who did the kinds of things that, like, girls had to deal with. Like, there was a whole thing where, like, I think a demon lady took over a gym and, like... Called a whole bunch of people lose an uncomfortable amount of weight. I, um, there was an episode where, like, a jewelry shop got possessed. Like, all you have to do is sometimes recognize that something is not for you, but it's also not talking down to the people it's for is talking about the things they care about and the things they're interested in, and you have to put up the money and get the fuck out of the way. And in the and I would imagine they didn't learn their lesson from card captors, but in the case of card captors, they just didn't do it. 
And I, the show was worse for it because it had to put so much more effort into getting to the point where like this can be a this can be a show at the very be- at the very least for both men and women versus for for both boys and girls versus if you want to be a boy and watch the show it's cool but you, it's going to be for girls like it's just going to be for girls and and if you don't like it like come back in half an hour and watch fucking goosebumps we don't care and I just I think it found a fitting home on Netflix, which is so much about, um, there's so much about that kind of niche, the unfortunate kind of niche programming of like, this is clearly made for like, you know, 10 year old girls to watch. Like you, if you are a parent and you're like, I need something my kid can watch, it's like, won't fuck them up somehow. You can put on card captures and they will be fine. They'll be fine. It'll just, it's like nothing bad will happen. And it's just, I, I, I would, going through my like massive list, my massive, my anime list of friggin' shows, and I, um, and I I came thinking like what do I want to talk about, and I came across card captures, and I went to look it up because I'm like I know I talked about card captures, and the only thing I talked about was um the only way place to talk about it was um the uh, localized um episode of the of the Sunday show which once again go watch go listen to it if you're interested. Um, I kind of covered all the stuff I probably covered there here, but um, go listen to it because I talk about other shows too. Um, in the in the feed of what in the feed in whatever app you can listen to me right now, but um, I just I when I w- remember like oh yeah I talked about it in my localized edition I'm like no I really want to do like a full on. 50 minute show about this because I think it deserves it because it was so it was so failed by the system that it was originally introduced to America officially by that like like introduced to America on a wide scale by well say not necessarily officially I'm not sure how it was being licensed before or if it was but I, I just find it an interesting thing, and I, if I had to bet, I would bet that a stuff like this is not—it's not impossible that some like like another card captured scenario could happen now. Um, and b, I think this is probably why you get like fucking translation Nazis on. Like spotting out real weird fuck ups, like um, my first gr- like the the entire fucking script to my girlfriend is a gal. I mean, there's a guy who just says the word cuck in there, just says it, just all seriousness, fucking says it. Um, 
or the like script changes they ha- they make to things like Ava or um a line in um what's it called in Dragon's Maid with another hot button for a while. And the reason why people do that is because they're wary of shit like this. Of shit like card capture soccer being turned into card captures for boys. And it it's just it's unfortunate that that happened at all and that we have a frame of reference for how badly this could go. But on that note, I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this episode, new episodes come out every Thursday where you get a, like, a central talk about a show like this one, like um, this episode, and Sunday where I do a more metatextual, like, I... Sometimes I focus on a, a specific show, but usually I focus on that specific show to be more generalized. And I hop around from show to show to talk about something in, industry related that I'm inter- that I'm interested in that week. So um, it subscribes. You want to hear the um, next Sunday show when that comes out. Usually, actually, always at like ten in the morning that drops. Um, but until Sunday, I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will talk to you 